If you would open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3, we'll spend a few minutes in Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. Knox did mention that uh, the journey to all those churches and schools was over 55 years, with uh, his being the first year of that journey. We were in a private school. You had to wear a tie. Oftentimes, I found his tie on his head as he played with it all the time. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Philippians chapter 3. And we'll be talking about the process of, of sanctification which sometimes can be very, very challenging as we seek to become what the Lord wants us to come. So reading from Philippians chapter 3, I'll begin in verse 1 to help establish the context. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, If if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I far more, circumcised on the eighth day of the tribe of, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and to righteousness under the law, or excuse me, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may now know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. So, Father God, we do 
Thank you for the privilege that is ours to be able to open your word, dear Father. Oh, Lord, many of our brothers and sisters throughout this world do not have this privilege. Many of them, Father, are persecuted if they even approach a script, even approach a Bible. And yet we get to do it so freely, oftentimes so casually. Forgive us for that. This is your word. It is inspired. It is infallible. It is inerrant. It is the only rule of faith and practice. Scripture and Scripture alone. Father, we commit our time to you this evening. Pray that the name of Jesus would be exalted. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. As we look at the book of Philippians, in many ways, you see a book that is very pastoral. Uh, Paul had a good relationship with the dear folks in Philippi. And oftentimes, as you read this book, you'll see that his instruction to them is uh, one that is, is gentle, not confrontational, uh, very pastoral. And uh, part of that that we will see in his discussion of sanctification as we look at this portion of Scripture, particularly uh, verses 3, 12 through 14. The context, the context establishes for us the process through which one becomes a Christian. Paul has gone through his credentials very impressive from a Jewish standpoint. He was busy working his way to heaven. And yet, as we know from the book of Acts, that meeting that he had on the Damascus Road where he saw Christ resurrected, was confronted with that so that it knocked him off his horse. He realized that salvation was through Christ and Christ alone. And this establishes then the challenge that he lays before this, before us this evening. He's a believer. Now what happens? Verses 12 and 14. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Paul had a great heritage as far as the churchman was concerned, had all the proper credentials, did all the right things, dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's, busy working his way to heaven. He met the Lord Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road, realized that salvation is only through Christ and Christ alone. That marked the beginning of his journey. That marked the beginning of his relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. As we think about our Christian growth, we have to wrestle with, first of all, the reality of its beginning. It begins with a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
where we recognize that we are saved only because of what he has done, not anything that we have done. Salvation is through the finished work of Christ and Christ alone. Not through anything that we would add to that. But it's that meeting with the Lord Jesus Christ that begins a new life, that begins a journey that can be very challenging as we seek to be what Christ wants us to be. We'll look particularly beginning in verse 12 in reference to this process of sanctification. Paul says, not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on. He has the ability to press on because Christ set him aside. Christ made him his. That marks the beginning of the journey as he seeks to be what Christ wants him to be. Now, one of the things that's a challenge here is as we begin that journey, that Damascus Road experience, what are we to do? Well, look at what Paul says. Verse 13, but one thing I do, first of all, forgetting what lies behind. When we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, we are born again. We're starting all over again. But depending on the activities of the past, there are things with which we have to wrestle. Depending on the things, the activities, choices we made, there's much to overcome within that journey. But once again, brothers and sisters, it's brand new. It's a new start. But we've got to deal with those old skeletons We've got to put them in the closet so they don't come back to haunt us. Don't come back to cause obstacles on that new journey. So Paul says, forgetting what lies behind, the failures, the frustrations, even the accomplishments. Keep in mind, he was, he was a highly regarded religious official. But all of that meant nothing in terms of his brand new relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This was a new beginning. Christ had made him his own. And now Paul's responsibility was to grow in his relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Please understand, as we look at that verse, but I press on to make it my own. That is an active verb. It's not passive. That means as we grow in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
It's something that we are to do. There's no miraculous formula that's going to make sanctification easy, to make Christian growth easy. There is work that has to be done. Part of that is overcoming what's happened in the past and restoring it with that which is new. One of the important things within that process is spending time in Scripture as you meditate upon it, as you feast upon it. Scripture memory is very important, but also understanding those things are critical in the rebuilding of this one who is new. Scripture is critical, brothers and sisters. I realize that the literary market in Christendom is broad, much is out there. But that's pablum, that's milk toast compared to Scripture and Scripture alone. Yes, it can be an aid, it can help, but it doesn't take the place of spending time in the Word of God. It doesn't take the place of building your foundation upon the truths of Scripture. Critical. Critical in that process. As Paul says, straining forward to what lies ahead. It's intentional. There's a pattern to that growth as you invest in Scripture. I can remember early in my Christian years, my reading might very well have been described as the flip and dip method. Just kind of like wherever the Bible would open or the common verses that you oftentimes heard, you know, the John 3.16s or who, who knows? It's digesting the word of God line upon line, precept upon precept as you build a foundation that is solid. As you build a foundation that will withstand the challenges that come. And yes, they're going to come. Because as a new believer, the world, the flesh, and the devil are trying to undermine, trying to destroy. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Again, the hard work that's involved with that, straining forward to what lies ahead. One of the challenges Maybe this comes with 
living in a culture where we aren't persecuted for becoming believers. That may come. But right now it's pretty easy. And as a result, we really don't dive into our relationship with the Lord and seek to become what He wants us to be what He wants us to be. Straining forward implies intense work, heavy labor, as we seek to grow to become what He wants us to be. Fellowship is a part of that. That's where we receive encouragement, accountability. We hold one another to a standard that challenges us to get into the Word, that challenges us to choose friends that are going to help us to grow, that challenges us to be in worship on Sunday rather than sleeping in after the late-night college football game. But to do the things that allow us to have the fellowship that is important in that process. Choose your friends wisely. Seems like an easy thing to do. But these are the ones who are going to encourage you as you seek to be what the Lord wants you to be. These are the ones that are going to be supporting you in the midst of the challenges. Straining forward, Paul says. He says he presses on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to visualize that pressing on in reference to training for an athletic contest. Uh, Many of the words, particularly the verbs that Paul uses, seem to give the impression that he may have had some athletic uh, interests in his background. Uh, But this one in particular emphasizes the the preparation for your Olympic events and all the work that goes into it. Again, straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. When the Lord calls us to himself, that's when the challenges come. In terms of meeting those challenges, that's where scripture becomes so important in the discipline to read the word, the commitment to make the time to spend in the word. Here again, brothers and sisters, devotional books can be helpful. Oh, they can be so helpful. But that's like having pablum when you can have T-bone steak. 
the word has been given to us that we would be that we would grow to become what he wants us to become these verbs that paul used were verbs that all involved stress that involved commitment that involved a willingness to step up to the challenge to be what God has called him to be. Active verbs. Verbs that involve us doing what it takes. Please understand as well that this process continues on until the Lord calls us home. So it's a process begins with entering into the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Involves growth. Literally, beginning as a baby and growing toward maturity. Salvation is of the Lord. The growth is our responsibility. As the body of Christ, we're in that process together. We're able to help one another, encourage one another. This is where small group Bible studies are so important. Oftentimes you go to a large Bible study, it's easy to get uh, to hide. And you, know, you can listen to the stuff and you'll be blessed by that. But if you're going to grow, it takes small groups as you challenge one another, as you come alongside one another. I would encourage you, if you have opportunity, kind of get your Bible out and look at the what are called reciprocal verbs. They're the verbs that have the phrase one another in them. Love one another, pursue one another, care for one another. These kind of things that involve the body of Christ together working to become what Christ wants us to become. That's the challenge of the journey. We are saved by the grace of our Lord who has poured out his mercy upon us. And that experience of mercy is the beginning of a whole new journey as we experience what it means to live in a relationship with the Lord. Press on, Paul says. Pursue, Paul says. 
strive, Paul says. Brothers and sisters, if we're going to become what our great prophet, priest, and king wants us to be, it's because of our willingness to be so disciplined, so committed, basically because of the love that he has for us. Well, what a great motivation. But a willingness to be that faithful soldier that's willing to train, willing to discipline himself, willing to prepare himself or herself for the challenges of living in an ungodly world. This is what Paul is calling us to. I encourage you. Use T-bone steak in your training. That you would be what the Lord wants you to be. For his glory and for his glory alone. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, we do thank you for the privilege that is ours, and it is a privilege to be able to gather together for worship. We praise you for what you have done in calling us to yourself. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. Oh, Father, if we got what we we deserved, we'd be burning in hell right now. But you've set us on a different path. Oh, Father, as we heed the words of Paul, may we, may we pursue, may we strain to be what you want us to be. That we would be those faithful warriors as we face the challenge of the world in which we live right now. Not the world in the past, but the world where you have us right now. Father, we pray for courage, wisdom, strength, that we would be what you want us to be as we live our lives for your glory and your glory alone. For we pray this in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.